Welcome to KYH2O, a podcast about all things water in Kentucky. I'm Carmen Agaritas, an Extension Associate Professor in the Biosystems and Agricultural Engineering Department at the University of Kentucky. And I'm Amanda Gumbert, an Extension Specialist for Water Quality with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Join us as we get our feet wet exploring Kentucky's water resources. So Carmen, it looks like you got to talk to a really interesting UK employee the other day about water and trees. So tell us who you talked to. So I talked to Stacy Borden and Stacy is um, in kind of a new position for UK. So he is an arboriculturist. Uh, he's the arboricultural superintendent. I had no idea what that was before I started, um, but it's really a blending of trees and people. And when you mix trees and people and water, you get some of my favorite things. So it was a great, a great discussion with Stacy about what UK and what the city um, is doing with urban trees. Yeah, I was really interested to hear that title because I didn't know what arboriculture was either. And so I'm happy to have an explanation of what that is, but equally happy to know that we have one on campus here at UK because, um, you know, it's, I think campus is a, a pretty attractive place to be and it's nice to walk around campus and see um, all of our trees. But I have noticed that some of them are diseased um, occasionally, some of them have to be taken down or then over time you notice how huge a tree's gotten. So it's, um, it's nice to know we've got somebody here who is really focused on taking care of those trees. Maybe we should just listen to what he has to say about trees in an urban environment. Urban forestry is, is caring for all of the trees in our urban environment. So it's different than forestry of, you know, out in the woods and you're managing woodlots and cutting down trees for timber production. Urban forestry is just managing all of the trees in a city or in, in my case, the UK campus. And the benefits go probably at the top of the list is stormwater benefits. Mm -hmm. um, a, a large tree canopy will intercept rainwater and hold on to it in its canopy on the leaves. Our total benefits for stormwater interception, this is gallons that are prevented from enter, even entering the, the stormwater system, is 8,213,380 gallons annually. Eight, eight million gallons, it saves the university $86,000 a year. And that's, that's every year, mm -hmm. that's the recurring benefit. And as the trees grow and increase in size, Right. that number, their, their ability to intercept more rainwater increases. So trees are one of the few things that actually increase in asset as they age. So yeah, wildlife habitat is, is a big thing and you know, it's, it's a lot, I think a lot of people don't think about it too much, but you know, if we didn't have all this trees providing this habitat, we wouldn't have all these birds. And some, you know, there's a lot of people that just enjoy hearing the birds and seeing all this wildlife going on, but without the trees, we don't have any of that. And it's just, that's more desolate of an environment and less enjoyable. And that's another thing that trees kind of tie into is kind of these in, intangible benefits of just, you know, mental health and wellness and and just calming and just uh, just lowering stress levels. And so Carmen, when you all were talking, it sounds like you were in an interesting area of campus that maybe not everybody who thinks about UK's campus um, might know about. So describe where you were when you did the interview with Stacy. We were in the Kerwin Blanding complex. So the two giant residential towers that soon will come down. 
um, we were standing in that courtyard area. So it was a lot of older trees, lots of Adirondack chairs. It's very peaceful, especially at this point in time, there are no students there. So it was very quiet where we were at and you could hear lots of birds chirping. Uh, but it's still kind of in that central part of campus. Did he mention um, what's going to happen to that over time? I understand that that area, the towers are going to come down, but that area is going to remain a green space. That's my understanding, and I hope that's the case because there are some very beautiful trees um, in that area. Plus, as campus has continued to grow and we're fairly constrained because we have homes in the city around us, uh, one of the things we have been losing over time is our green space, our green area. And as we've talked about in other podcasts, having kind of that decompression area, that natural outdoor environment is very important for, I think, our mental health as well. Yeah, so I went and checked out the area. Um, I went for a run um, earlier today, actually, and, and checked out some of the trees that you all were, were standing under. And it's a really impressive set of trees over there. Um, I remember being, um, you know, when I first came to UK, uh, my dad also went to UK, my mom and dad both did, um, in the late 60s, early 70s. And they talk about how they remember when those trees were planted and how small some of those trees were. So it's it's kind of fun and interesting to think about what campus used to look like. Um, but now that those trees have matured and they've been, um, you know, saved and they've been built around and many of them are still there originally so it's a nice area that's been um, preserved as a green space and it's also a really cool literally and figuratively a cooler place to run in the summertime because of the shade that those trees produce so let's hear him talk about um, ways that he thinks he can get some more trees on campus. Uh, to me, when I look at the aerial images, like those are to me are the most striking ones that need more trees to cover up that, that parking lot. But then the trees in those parking lots will also help reduce the heat island effect. So in the shade, you can be easily be 10 to 20 degrees cooler than out in the hot blazing parking lot. Um, but other opportunities are, I mean, just the new developments. So anytime we have new buildings and um, any large areas, uh, large sidewalks adjacent to large concrete areas. Most people probably notice them when they park their car under a tree in the summertime. Um, parking spaces that are near trees around our campus are prime because when you come back to your car in the afternoon, they're not, they're not near as hot. So you mentioned running under the trees. Well, having a car sit under a tree all day it keeps it cooler than if it's just out in the, in the sun. And that's been, I think, one of the challenges we have on campus as we've grown and our parking infrastructure has really grown is how do we mix parking and how do we mix trees together? We've seen large parking lots in these teeny tiny little spaces for a tree. And I look at it and I think, well, that poor little tree, where does its roots go? So, um, I thought that it was interesting to hear Stacy talk about re-engineering parking lots, re-engineer underneath there so we don't have compacted soils, but we have maybe some amended soil that has room for those those roots to grow and, and to flourish and provide what the tree needs. So Carmen, what about um, in, are there opportunities for us as, as employees or faculty, staff, students to get involved with urban forestry or those forest type activities that are here on campus? 
Yes, there are. One group that is associated with the Tracy Farmer Institute for Sustainability and the Environment is what we call UFI, or the Urban Forestry Initiative. UFI. Um, UFI. 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 And it is a group that um, involves not just UK, but also really reaches out to the community. So they have events like Mulch Madness, which I thought was a great name. Mulch Madness. Mulch Madness. That's awesome. Um, and so you can get around campus and help learn about uh, how should you mulch trees the proper way to protect them. But they have also speakers that talk everything from forestry to um, health to even pollinators. So it's a great group to kind of network in because urban forestry is, as Stacy's talked about, isn't just trees, it impacts all kinds of things related to our ecosystem. So mulching properly, that's a, probably a topic that we should spend a little bit of time on. So let's listen to Stacy describe how we should properly mulch our trees. I'll start with what you don't want to do. You don't want to pile the mulch up on the trunk of the tree. So at the base of the tree, there should be nothing touching it. You should like leave about an inch or so of a gap between the mulch and the tree. And you want to mulch the tree as wide as you're willing to go. The wider to the drip line is really the best thing you can do for the tree. And so the drip line is if you looked up and it would be like the where extent the, of where the branches yeah, are at? Yeah. Um, at a minimum though, you know, four feet around like two, at a minimum like two to three feet from the trunk in all directions. And that, that'll keep the lawnmowers and the string trimmers further from the trunk of the tree because that physical damage of a mower hitting it or a string trimmer hitting the tree, the cambium of the tree is just below that bark. And if that gets cut, if they cut through the bark and into that cambium, that can kill a tree, especially a small young tree. It can so kill the, it very quickly. What is the cambium? It's where all of the, uh, the nutrients and it's, it's the growth center of the tree. So where the cells originate and they'll either move out to the outside and become the phloem, which becomes the bark, or they'll move to the, the, the cells from the inside become the xylem and the heartwood. So it's where all the, the water flows and the nutrients, the, the sugars and the carbohydrates that the leaves make are being pumped back down to the root system. So I mean, in a sense, it's like veins. It's like the main artery of the tree. And if that gets cut completely all the way around the tree, it it'll completely cut itself cut it off and the tree will die so keeping the mulch off of that off of the trunk of the tree because what happens when you pile the mulch on the trunk of the tree is the moisture gets trapped in there and the bark will start to rot oh, okay. and the tree becomes stressed and then when a stress when a tree is stressed they're more susceptible to insects and diseases so you have you just have an unhealthy tree so good to know about mulching because i think we can all drive around town and see the the mulch volcano. That's what I've always yeah, heard described mulch as mulch mounds, mulch mounds, mulch volcanoes. So don't do the mulch volcanoes, right? We just want to leave some space up against that tree and let it have um, the opportunity to to grow and and use the mulch to protect it. Because it sounds like string trimmers and and mo lawn mowers are often really threatening to trees. We've all seen that too, um, but don't suffocate the tree by putting too much mulch around it. And that was, for me, something that was interesting as well, because a lot of times you associate mulch with keeping weeds from growing up or maybe providing a little nutrients. But when Stacy talked about it, it was when I really started to think about, yeah, you know, it's hard to mow around trees. And so we tend to 
bring out the weed whacker and in doing so we can really damage the tree more than we think we are. So Carmen the other thing that you know the other I guess theme that sounds like um, um, Stacy really works on is dealing with diversity in our tree canopy here at UK. Um, so what are some things that that really came out of your conversation with Stacy about diversity? I think diversity in trees is especially important now when we start thinking about invasive species. Uh, so one of those that a lot of people are probably very familiar with right now is the emerald ash borer. And so you can drive along our streets and our interstates and see lots of dead ash trees. If we have a monoculture or just a single tree species, and unfortunately if say our campus was planted only in ash, um, we would have a, a campus with a lot of dying trees at this point in time. So talking with Stacy, what that probably really brought it home to me was not just the invasives we have now, but what we could have in the future and the importance of having a diverse set of trees across campus that can withstand um, some sort of insect invasion or whatever it may be. Yeah, when you have only one, one species of tree and a pest or a disease comes in that could kill that tree, you could lose all of them at the same time, which has happened several times throughout the history of our country. We've lost all of our elm trees and then... American chestnut? Yeah, the chestnut, that came first and then the, the, elm, the Dutch elm disease came in and killed all the elm trees and all these communities replaced their elm trees with ash trees and 70 years later they were losing every single ash tree and it's it is starting to, people are starting to internalize that fact and realize that planting one kind of tree is not a good idea. So, and I've spoken to that to, the, you know, administrators and everybody here on campus and it's starting to, they're starting to understand the importance of that. Um, and other universities are also acknowledging this. Uh, Penn State University is no longer planting single species on any road or any, any uh, public walkway on their campus. So they're using multiple species to protect their future of their urban canopy. So diversity really does play out the Absolutely, best. yeah. It's, it's what has to be done. If we, if we want to guarantee that we have this beautiful campus in 50 to 80 years from now, we need to really just be diversifying our, our, new, our new projects. And you know, even, even our Willow Oak LA, that's, there's 85 Willow Oaks that make up that, that landscape feature. And it's beautiful, but it's not sustainable. So as those trees age out, they, my plan is to start replacing them with different species. It will, and when it is mature, it will have the same visual aesthetic effect of being this, you know, cathedral of trees. They'll just be different types of trees and they'll have different fall color and it'll be even more beautiful. Cathedral of trees. I thought that was the coolest thing that Stacy said in this whole interview. And what a really interesting way to look at trees is, you know, is, is like a cathedral. And a cathedral can mean many things to many people. Um, but it certainly does bring about a spiritual element of trees, whether they don't have leaves at all or whether they're, you know, in full, you know, they are photosynthesizing their hearts out. And then also to transition to the fall where we have that, you know, beautiful color change in our leaves and 
I just thought it was a really um, nice way to describe going from a monoculture, which I think sometimes we as humans really like that, that um, very well manicured and consistent look. But then if we use more of a diversity of species in those and we get those different colors, it's almost like seeing a stained glass window on a church or a cathedral. So I thought that was a really interesting way that he talked about that. Uh, the city has set their canopy goal at 30%. Um, when the canopy survey was done in between 2012 and 2015, uh, the UK campus canopy cover just the campus is was 14 percent and then if you add in the trees from the arboretum to campus that takes us up to 17 percent. This all this construction on campus has happened since that canopy survey was done so looking at that data that says we have 14 percent well that's no longer true we have less than that. So, so. Carmen Stacy talks about Lexington having a goal of 30 percent tree cover do we have any idea what Lexington's current tree canopy percentages as a city, you know, as a whole? I don't know what that is, but my guess is the Lexington's arborists themselves do. And just from my visual observations of driving around town, it's not consistent. I live in an older part of town. Um, we have a lot of trees, a lot of very big mature trees. But obviously if you drive to some of the newer developments, there's a lot fewer trees and they're very small. Um, so I'd say not only is it important to think about how much canopy we have, but where is it at? And so probably the same can be said about UK's campus then, right? It's not just how much we have total, but is it evenly spread out? So I was really curious how Stacy got into his position because I had never heard of an arboriculturist before. Right. But he indicated there were quite a few job opportunities for people who were interested in working in urban environments, really working with trees and people. There's ample job opportunities all over the country for urban forestry and arboriculture. So it's a great field to get into and it's not going anywhere. I mean, the, the, more, the more that the municipalities all over the country are realizing how trees aren't just pretty things to look at, but they actually are a living infrastructure, a living asset to, to the community. There's actually funding going into tree planting projects, and, and a lot of it really is being tied directly to stormwater, because stormwater is one of the biggest issues, because everything is being built up and built up, and there's more and more impervious surfaces, and there's more loads on the stormwater infrastructure, and they're trying to figure out ways to manage that and trees are a huge player in that. It's a win-win-win-win-win for trees. You've been listening to Carmen Agaritas and Amanda Gumbert. Learn more about water at uky.edu forward slash BAE forward slash KYH2O. Subscribe to hear all episodes of KYH2O.